Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business. Only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to The Breakfast Show. Audrey Seek here with you on Mind Your Business. Now, we'll be ringing in the new year soon. And for many, that means buying some new clothes. But before you buy that new dress or suit this year, take a pause and rethink. Do you really need it? That's because the world is bursting at the seams with cast-off clothing. Out of some 100 billion garments produced each year, 92 million tons end up in landfills. Now that's basically a rubbish truck full of clothes ending up on landfill sites every second. And we're not exaggerating here. The fast fashion world has been deemed one of the most polluting and wasteful industries in the world. It does take some knowledge of materials for effective recycling of used clothes as well. And that's what we're going to be tackling today with the co-founder of Kloop, Jasmine Tuan, who has been working very hard at closing the fashion loop. Jasmine, welcome to Money FM and thanks so much for joining us in the studio this morning. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. And also, thank you for adding some color to our otherwise very muted wardrobe here on The Breakfast Show. Yes, we clipped this from head to toe. <laughs> very nice. Looking forward to this chat. So we've heard a little birdie mention your past as a shopaholic, and that's okay. Uh, I'm probably a current shopaholic, and I admit it. So care to share what made you take a 360-degree turn into the world of circular fashion? It's a long story. I tried to digest it. <laughs> yeah, I used to shop so much to the point that my mom and my ex-boyfriend had to beg me to stop. <laughs> yeah, that's how serious. I had to turn one of my bedroom into a walk-in wardrobe, which sounds like every girl's dream. But it really is a nightmare when I often stare at my massive wardrobe thinking I have nothing to wear. And I'm sure, yeah, a lot of you can relate to that. And this creates a false sense of lack and makes me think that I need to buy more because I have nothing to wear. Mm. So I would then sell the clothes that I stopped using at the flea market and take the money to buy more stuff <laughs> and this vicious cycle went on for decades wow yeah until a time when I was um, I, when I nearly drowned during a holiday in Thailand and I had a spiritual awakening from there that's when I wake up from my mindless consumption and I almost left this world without taking all my favourite stuff with me oh my goodness so I started remembering this phase we came to this world with nothing we will go with nothing too so why am I spending so much time, money and energy on stuff? And I started to question my purpose in this life. And am I supposed to work hard, shop harder and then die as a consumer and that's it? And my tombstone will say something along the line like, Jasmine was a great shopper. And then, bye. <laughs> so surely life is more than that, right? And I wanted change desperately from then on. So in 2016, I was offered a job to live and work in Malaysia and I accepted it. So downsized my wardrobe to a single rag, very difficult, but I did it and moved out of my comfortable life in Singapore. And uh, however old habit die hard, though my location changed, I didn't. <laughs> because also the currency exchange rate was really exciting. One sing dollar to three ringgit. <laughs> and I started shopping again. I got sucked right back into that vicious cycle that I just got out of. And I soon found myself having the need to sell off clothes again at a flea market in Malaysia. So it's the same lifestyle that I had in Singapore. So at the end of 2017, I met a zero-waste NGO group and learned about the 5R principles to sustainable living. I always just count on recycling. <laughs> I know that's reduce, reuse, recycle, but I just go straight to recycling before. And the community spirits really moved me to go into a radical lifestyle change in 2018. So that's when I also committed to zero shopping on fast fashion item and um, yeah <laughs> and just go cold turkey entirely 
Bali. And I was so ready to wear the same few collection for the rest of my life until I went to two swap events in Malaysia and the rest is history. And swapping became my new shopping and I think that's the most sustainable way for anyone to enjoy fashion without harming the planet, the people making our clothes and also our pockets. So when I moved back to Singapore in early 2020, I met the original club members, uh, Cindy and Ying. They were working on a fashion library back then, but they were really affected by the pandemic. So when we met up, uh, since we're trying to tackle fashion consumption and waste together, I initiated to do our first fashion swap together in October 2020. And that's how it happened. And we never looked back. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, long, long story. <laughs> I tried to congest it. Yeah, so other than providing sustainable shopping alternatives like fashion swap, open wardrobe, which is an honor system through store and also curator bag which is a personal shopping in a bag mm. we also work with an ISO accredited recycling partner to introduce textile recycling bin in Singapore so since our first bin in uh, July 2022 we have now more than 360 yellow textile recycling bin nationwide yeah, yeah we definitely want to talk about that and uh, mm. thank you for sharing that amazing uh, story that's a pretty drastic wake-up call that you had um, you also chatted about the five R's and yeah. recycling so let's talk more about that mm-hmm. uh, we know that textiles you know can be very very tricky when it comes to recycling. Could you maybe shed some light for our listeners on the materials that pose a recycling challenge and on the flip side, any materials that can be very easily recycled? Yeah, so I chat with my recycling partner on this because <laughs> for us, right, the best form of recycling is actually reuse. So about 55% to 60% of the textile waste collected from the yellow recycling bin are good for reuse. And items not fit for reuse that are absorbent like cotton and linen are downcycled for industrial wiping cloth. And items that are torn, damaged, not fit for reuse are stripped mechanically to fibres to make rugs, gloves and other products. Mm. And old shoes are turned into sports or playground surfaces. And upcycling of materials to new textile items like denim tote bags is possible and we work with community of sewers to do that and there's also technology to chemically recycle fibre back to fine yarns for clothings and the textile that cannot be recycled or not easy to recycle or reuse are textile like spandex clothings with metallic track like you know Christmas we like to have all this like shiny stuff they are very hard to recycle and lycra and if uh, these items that are damaged cannot be reused can only be used for PEF which is called the process engineered fuel and they're converted to concrete through this process oh yeah. okay learning a lot today already <laughs> um, so checking your website uh, yeah. and you mentioned this as well Kloop has made quite a mark with textile recycling bins across Singapore mm-hmm. uh, what kind of clothes do you typically find in these bins and from what you get how do you gauge consumers understanding when it comes to recycling do you get a lot of clothes that actually cannot be recycled Mm, thank goodness, like I mentioned earlier, 55 to 60% of the items that we collect can be reused. Yeah, so that's the best form of recycling. And then the rest, we will treat them accordingly based on the condition. And Singapore public wants to recycle and use the textile recycling bin properly. Mm. So thank God for that. We only have 1% contamination rate, which is like maybe plastic, paper, which belongs to the blue bin. Ah, <laughs> and it. when our operation clear the bin and they see that, they will help put into the blue bin actually, which is quite cool. And now also we have like ornaments, like glass ornaments. Uh, they are not what we ask for and they are quite dangerous when um, when they collect back to the factory and pour it out into a conveyor belt system. Yeah. Uh, they might harm the people working.
recycling. Yeah, so try not to put any glass stuff in the textile recycling bin. Just put like clothes textile recycling bin. And uh, thank goodness also for um, pictogram. So we have pictograms on the bin that ask for what we are collecting. So the public follows that quite closely. So we get all types of everyday clothing, new or old. We have bags, shoes, accessories, hats, cap, belt, and household items like toys, pillows, and household linens like towels, curtains, mm. and bed sheets. These are all accepted. Very cool. Yeah. And I've also quite recently been exposed and enchanted by the magic of clothing swaps. Mm-hmm. I've only done it with my personal circle of friends, mm-hmm. though. Uh, but we know that Kloop organizes swaps for the larger community. Uh, checking your website now, almost 14,000 clothing items rehomed through Fashion Swap. Tell us more about this. It seems like people are more receptive to the idea of exchanging and buying pre-owned clothes. Yeah, we when we ran our first swap pop-up in October 2020, we had only about like 10 sign-ups <laughs> and 25 people showed up to swap with us. But today, when we release the swap dates and sign-up form, we will have at least 100 participants over the wow. weekend. Yeah, and we have many return swappers and met new ones along the way. And I can safely say more and more people are more receptive to swapping and it has also helped many to change their fashion consumption and including me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so moving um, away from the consumers and now looking at the world of manufacturers and designers. Mm -hmm. So we find ourselves in a very fast-paced fashion environment, right? Keeping up with the trends and styles that come and go very quickly. Um, How can a clothing business strike a balance between sustainability and, you know, chasing those profits? Yeah, first big question to ask, is fashion sustainable to begin with? According to the Fashion Revolution, it takes 2,700 litres to make one t-shirt. And that's one person's drinking water for three years. And how sustainable is that? So fashion is the second most polluting industry after oil and gas and is worsened by fast fashion or rather ultra-fast fashion brands churning out 10,000 new products each day and how sustainable is that? So fashion needs to slow down drastically and quickly. And the late Vivian Westwood once said, buy less, buy better, and made it last. And a well-thought-out design, a well-made product in limited quantity rightfully should cost more. So this can promote mindful consumption also since it will take some serious consideration before investing. Mm -hmm. And if you must buy new, invest in a $200 item to wear for 10 years is actually cheaper than buying a $20 item to wear less than 10 times because it's not made to last. And uh, if you're open to buying secondhand, you can try swapping and shopping with Kloop. We have some good brands that don't cost you an arm or a leg. You will also be surprised to find today's secondhand items are increasingly brand new with text. Oh. Yeah, so I would encourage independent fashion designers and brands to stay true to their unique style and create good quality design. Don't try to operate like a fast fashion brand because it will not last. It will be a slow fashion model and that will last with a strong following. And problem is that us consumers can be easily manipulated by, by trends set by the fast fashion giants to make us feel so last season with every new collection released. And I got this text from an online website. It says 24 trend-led collection every year, 500 designs each week with more than 20,000 designs per year. And that's a lot. (laughs) And how many of us lack clothes? We don't, right? Especially in Singapore. So thankfully for the young generation, I'm so inspired by them. They are very much into thrifting, treasure hunting, one-of-a-kind items over cookie-cutting fast fashion copies. 
as they look for clothes that are more unique and express their style and personality. And that's the kind of fashion that I once loved and know. And having fun with fashion makes a match. You know, that's the kind of thing that I like. Yeah, well, some mind-blowing stats that you shared with us just now. Um, so before we let you go, what's currently the most challenging part of your work with Kloop? And on a personal note, right, in a perfect world, what's your dream when it comes to closing the fashion loop? Mm-hmm. So the challenge would be maybe we are a lean team. It's just me and my partner Ying running this full time, and that's a lot on our plate on a daily basis. But luckily, I love fashion. We love fashion, so that's not too bad. <laughs> and we just turned three in October, so we have about three, four interns and part timers now working with us in area like admin, operation, and social media. We hope to recruit more like-minded individual on board to sail against the tide with us. And it's not easy, but I promise it'll be a joyride. <laughs> so we dream of maybe having a cool warehouse space one day to house everything we do under one roof. And secondhand fashion is here to stay. There's just too many out there now. Might as well reuse them. And we will continue to come up with creative ideas and solution to make circular fashion accessible and affordable for all. So our vision is to be the go-to resource hub for circular fashion. So working towards that. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. We were speaking with Jasmine Tuan. She's the co-founder of Kloop about closing the fashion loop and adopting circular fashion to save the planet and promote sustainability in our wardrobes. Thanks, Jasmine, for your time and happy holidays. Thank you. Happy holidays, everyone. More to come on The Breakfast Show. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.